The good word today is focused on Paul's prayer for the Thessalonian Christians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Now, you'll recall that there are three requests in this prayer. First of all, he prays that they might be perfected in their faith. That's verse 10. That they might be abounding in their love. That's verse 12. That they might be established in their hope. And that's verse 13. And these three requests deal with the three basic problems in our local churches today. The problem of doubt. We don't really have the faith to launch forward to glorify God. The problem of division. There's not enough love. People fuss at each other. And discouragement. People just give up. They come to church so discouraged. And as a consequence, nothing ever happens. I wonder what would happen in our churches today if every church member would really begin to pray that all of us would be perfected in faith, abounding in love, and established in hope. Now verse 10, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face. Paul so loved these people and wanted to get back to them again. But even if he couldn't see their face praying that he might be able to perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now, this word perfect is an interesting word. The Greek word is used for the equipping of an army or the mending of a net. Over in the Gospel of Mark, where it talks about the disciples were mending their nets, this is the word that is used. The equipping of an army or the mending of a net, the perfecting of something, taking it and making it better. Now, this word is used in several places in the New Testament, and I want to share these with you. Our faith is lacking. He says here that I want to perfect that which is lacking in your faith. You ought to trace this word lack throughout your Bible. Jesus said to the rich young ruler, one thing is lacking. One thing is lacking. He said to Martha, now look, one thing is needful. You're lacking so many things, but one thing is needful. Our faith is lacking. And God wants to see our faith perfected. Now, you are only as strong as your faith. The Christian lives by faith. We're saved by faith. We live by faith. We stand by faith. A Christian is looked upon by the world as a fool because a Christian can't point to anything he can see. What are you building your life on? The Bible. The Bible. Well, why the Bible? Because Jesus gave me the Bible. Where is Jesus? Up in heaven. Ever seen him? No. Uh, The Holy Spirit is in my heart. You ever seen the Holy Spirit? No, but I know he's there. You see, we live by the things that cannot be seen. Over in 2 Corinthians The Apostle Paul zeroes in on on a very interesting subject, this matter of living by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And down in verse 7 of chapter 5, he says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. So a Christian is looked upon as a fool by an unsaved person. We don't depend upon the church building. We don't depend upon human beings, money, prestige, influence, political power. We depend upon the Lord. Our eyes are upon him. Now, I feel sorry for that pastor or those churches who depend upon something they can see, the budget, the program, the building, the denomination, You know, God doesn't bless these things. God blesses people, people who will dare to believe that God will keep his promises. You see, living by faith doesn't mean living foolishly. Now, the world thinks we're foolish, but living by faith means trusting God's promises and obeying God's commandments 
in spite of circumstances and in spite of feelings. Abraham, by faith, sold his business in Ur of the Chaldees and began to follow God. The neighbors said, Abraham, where are you going? I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. What's going to happen to you? I don't know. Well, why are you doing it? God told me to. And every man whom God has ever used has had to see what nobody else could see. A man of faith sees what other people can't see. Hebrews 11 says they looked for a city that hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham could see things other people couldn't see. Some of you have undoubtedly heard Dr. Vance Havner preach, one of the greatest preachers that America's ever produced, and so unusual and so different. His books are so wonderful. I recall years ago hearing Dr. Vance Havner preach on Hebrews chapter 11 about Moses. Let me read you these verses. Hebrews chapter 11, 24 through 26. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. I'll never forget what Dr. Havner said. He said that Moses lived by faith. Number one, he saw the invisible. He saw the invisible. Verse 27, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He saw the invisible. Secondly, he chose the imperishable. He could have been the king of Egypt. He could have been wealthy. But how long does that last? No, he chose the imperishable and he did the impossible. Now, frankly, I don't want to be conformed to the rest of the Christians in this world. I want to be different. I want to get things done for God. You say that's boasting. No, it's not. I have a concern today that we as Christians dare to believe that God can still do wonderful things. We don't have to sit back and say, well, the day of God's great miracles is over. That day is not over. God can still do wondrous things for his people if only we'll trust him. Now, this word uh, equip or perfect, perfect that which is lacking in your faith, is used in several places in the New Testament. I want to share them with you. It'll help you to understand how you are to be perfected in your faith. Now, if you are immature in your faith, you will always be a baby. Our faith has to grow before we can grow. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect. Now, there it is. Equip you in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ is up in heaven. He's the great shepherd of the sheep. He is our high priest. He's up in heaven. He knows you. He sees you. He knows every problem you have. He wants to perfect your faith. You know how he does it? He arranges for circumstances to test us. And then he works in us to give us the faith that we need to respond to these circumstances. You know, we as Christians too often pray for circumstances adequate to our spiritual lives. We ought to be praying for spiritual lives adequate to our circumstances. Now, a child who never has a challenge never grows. For example, you take an athlete. 
a tennis player who constantly plays people who are poorer than he is never will become a good tennis player. A musician who constantly plays music that he can well understand and use will never become a great musician. There always has to be the challenge. Now, the Lord Jesus up in heaven looks down upon me and he sees that my faith needs to be perfected. And so he arranges for some kind of a problem to come along, some kind of a circumstance. And this circumstance can be used of God to perfect my faith. Now, he has to work in me to increase my faith. This is where the Word of God comes in. This is where prayer comes in. And so we are increased in our faith. Our faith is perfected by our great shepherd, our great high priest up in heaven. The next time circumstances are tough, you can't figure out what's going on, just stop and say, Lord, you're up there in heaven. You know all about this. There's some lesson you want to teach me. You want to perfect my faith, and therefore here I am. Now, James talks about this in James chapter 1. My brethren, verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into different testings, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Circumstances. Jesus Christ arranges circumstances to perfect our faith. Now, what life does to you reveals what life finds in you. If circumstances get tough and you collapse and quit and resign and say, I'm through praying, then you're revealing what you have on the inside. But if when circumstances get difficult, you say, Father, you work in me that which is well-pleasing in your sight. Give me the faith I need. Your faith will grow. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, we have another instance of this wonderful little word, perfect. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, equipped, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It's the word of God that perfects us. And so our high priest up in heaven uses the word of God in our lives. Now look, friend, your faith will never grow apart from the Bible. You close your Bible and you'll not have any faith. You open your Bible and God will give you faith. In Ephesians chapter 4, we have another instance where this little word perfected is used to equip as the equipping of an army. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to begin in verse 11 talking about the ascended, glorified Christ. And he, Jesus, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints unto the work of the ministry, unto the building up of the body of Christ. What is your pastor supposed to do? He is supposed to equip you in your faith. People have the craziest ideas as to what a pastor is supposed to do. He's supposed to run the mimeograph machine and wash the windows and, and drive the bus and do this and that. The main job of a pastor, my friend, is to use the Word of God for the perfecting of the saints. I said to a friend of mine recently that if I had my ministry to do all over again, I would get around me at the very beginning of my ministry in a church, I would get around me a dozen hand-picked men and I would spend a lot of time praying with those men, teaching those men, working with those men like Jesus did with the disciples. And then when they became mature in their faith, I'd have them get men around them and teach them because this is the way to, to grow a spiritual church. 
Don't you allow your pastor to waste his time in trivial things. You guard your pastor's time. Now, I want you to listen to me, church member. Your pastor's job is to perfect the saints. He needs time to pray, to study, to meditate, to wrestle with the Word of God and get the blessing out of it and then share it with the church. When he preaches on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night, his job is to help you grow up in your faith. When you call him up, don't hang on the telephone. He's got things to do. When you have a problem, share your problem with him. But don't call on him for every little scratch you get on your big toe. You guard your pastor's time because your pastor's job is to perfect the faith of the saints. Well, we read in 1 Peter 5, we have another instance of this same word, perfect. 1 Peter chapter 5 Oh, let's begin here in verse uh, 10. Verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. That's 1 Peter 5.10. God sends suffering. God knows that we have to suffer. And after you've suffered a while, he will establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. I feel sorry for people who've never suffered. They're babies. They don't know what it is. When some little difficulty comes, they, they give up. They quit. Suffering in the hands of the Lord Jesus is a tremendous experience for spiritual growth. My faith grows when I have to go through suffering. Job's faith uh, finally was perfected when he went through suffering, and so will yours be. God wants to perfect you in your faith. Will you let him or will you resist him? The program is What's the Good Word? This is Pastor Warren Wearsby at the Calvary Baptist Church in Covington, Kentucky.